this week on the Golfers Who Dad podcast. Now, as I you know be, become a dad, I just I'm, I just know I'm going to want to be that dad where I'm where I'm at every you know what like I said dance lesson, golf lesson, practice or whatever, and be really involved. You're listening to the Birdie Dad podcast. They can't make a birdie, but they can dad. And now your hosts, Jared, Brian, and Trevor. I am Jared, and with me, as always, are Brian and Trevor. And today joining us is our guest, a dad, golfer, and entrepreneur, Jared Solomon. Jared has an incredible story about his journey through the business world and how he landed into golf. Jared is the co-founder of Five Iron Golf, a new thriving golf business focused on providing an authentic golf experience for literally everyone. Five Iron has facilities in Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, Baltimore, and soon to be in Vegas, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C., Jared, you're also a dad, so this is the time to let all our guests know this is a safe space for cheesy jokes and fanny packs. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. I am happy to be here. <laughs> Did you throw out a fanny pack in there, Jared? <laughs> I loved it, Jared. I loved it. <laughs> okay, Jared, to kick things off, I recently watched the 1987 movie Wall Street. Was it that movie that single-handedly made you want to be a stock trader? So I would say even went further back, I started my career as a professional poker player, actually, and um, and then went through law school and did all that. But the the foundations of Five Iron were sort of built during those days. But my um, my Wall Street career was almost directly after my poker career at a time when I guess Wall, Wall Street thought that poker players could solve some of their trading problems. So straight out of law school, I went to work in Wall Street. And uh, as you guys, I guess, did your research and know, um, I was there for about a decade. Which character were you, Jared? Were you Gordon Gecko, Bud Fox, or what was John C. McGinley's character name? What was it? Marvin? Oh, God. As you know, the as cool as those characters are, I certainly am not that cool. Uh, maybe I'm I'm the cool dad, but I certainly wasn't the cool trader. The you know back in those days, it was all about being loud and and um, going out to fancy dinners. By by the time I was trading, it was a bunch of you know geeky engineers and technical people sitting around a you know you know, a, a small office chatting and, and being behind computers. There was no trading floor, no exciting waving of the hands. It was very, uh, very different than, than the movies would suggest by the, by the time I was there. So I, I couldn't even tell you any fun and exciting stories of Wall Street days where we went to big parties with strippers and did any of that. It was very much uh, sitting in an office talking to people on chat features instead of, you know, talking to them in person because we were all shy, uh, shy, technical game theory, uh, you know, engineer type people. So I'm reading a book that Brian recommended to me. It's called Work Optional. It has that theme, decide what life you want and stop being unhappy with your work. What was your moment you decided it's time and what brought you to golf? Yeah, so I I certainly believe in that. I mean, if you're counting hours at work, you're probably already losing. Certainly doing this entrepreneurial thing is a an adventure and and takes a lot of hours. Um 
So it really did start. I, I went to law school uh, at Columbia in New York City with my wife and um, post financial crisis, her best job was to clerk in upstate New York in Rochester. So we were and, I, and my best job was was the finance job, in, you know, on Wall Street. And this is about a decade ago. And, you know, I had two two options in New York City. I could either find a mistress or find some hobbies. And I found some hobbies. And uh, one of them was indoor golf. It was really my first time playing golf. I didn't grow up playing with my dad. I didn't grow up playing golf. Um, I I played plenty of other sports, but certainly not golf. And, and I just fell in love with it on a simulator indoors in New York. And the other hobby that I had is I went to this place called Spin, which is uh, a ping pong entertainment type concept. They had graffiti on the walls and street art. And I just loved and was so impressed by that vibe. And when the opportunity sort of presented itself to you know, mesh the entertaining, modern vibe, street art with golf, which is this, you know, traditionally exclusive game that isn't for everyone. I was just really excited about the idea. I had a couple of co-founders. My wife were super supportive. And that's when we launched our first location in, you know, 2017 in Flatiron, New York City. That's our namesake location actually the five is for fifth avenue iron is for the flat iron district we started with four sims there and then you know expanded and have grown to you know to all the cities and areas that you guys have mentioned that's awesome so um can you tell us some fun stories of of uh the simulator golf i mean obviously it's very different than playing out in a course but kind of more fun right because you can you can drink and you don't have to walk <laughs> as much you know it's a it's a cool vibe so um you know who are some of the best golfers that have come through five iron oh gosh we we you know some of the best stories are um we, i mean we just had the the long drive champion in baltimore hitting the ball 350 you know 380 yard carry whatever ridiculous carry that he's hit it so seeing some of the guys with ridiculous numbers um there the uh sam groth who is a you know australian i believe tennis pro who has the fastest serve in tennis history mm-hmm. also hits the ball a mile and, and he's been at five iron before um i i think you know just to answer the first part of that question the the simulator experience at least the way we do it hopefully really does appeal to everyone the the serious golfer loves it because there's the technology and the numbers and all the data that that is on tv and TrackMan and all of that stuff that's becoming more and more popular certainly the pros and the club fitting and all that stuff but for the people that just want to have fun or the people that find going outside intimidating you know our our slogan is find your balls for a reason you're not in the woods you're not in the lake you know it's not it's not six hours to go do a round on a public course and yeah. it, it really makes it accessible. And I think it's, um, I don't want to say it's more fun or less fun than playing outside, but it's certainly a, a comparably fun experience uh, to playing outdoor golf. Brian, I was, I'll jump in here. I was just curious, um, most of your folks that come in, are they bringing their own clubs or are they kind of just using the clubs you have available in, in your, um, in your facilities? Yeah, it's a good question. So every five iron has top of the line clubs. We just announced the deal with Betnardi actually for wedges and putters. Um, but we really have a mix of, of everything from 
the the newest clubs, the newest drivers, et cetera. We have, I think it's something like 50 iron sets in every location. So if you want stiff shaft, regular shaft, plus one, you know, ladies, senior flex, we have all of this top of the line equipment for people to try some, I would say it's 50, 50 in terms of people bringing their own clubs, but I would say certainly there's a portion of the people that come in with their own clubs and then they decide to use the clubs that are there. Cause it's just, it, it's been from day one, one of the most important things that we've done is just make sure that we have top of the line equipment. And part of that is if you're going to have graffiti on the walls and if you're going to be serving quesadillas and you're going to have the music going, you know, to mm-hmm. speak to the serious golfer with, uh, you know, the new Maverick driver or some, you know, circle T putter is, uh, it, it helps tell the story that, that it's, a, there really is a place for everyone and including the serious golfer. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I got to say it's, a, I was looking at your galleries and things online and it's a very cool atmosphere. I mean, these guys, um, Brian and Jared, uh, they've come over to my house and I've put up a DIY simulator, which we've covered in past episodes. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's nothing like what you've got going on there. And, <laughs> and in fact, you know, Brian and Jared, the last few times they've been there, they've started talking to me about, you know, putting in L seat sofas and sectionals and, and bar stools and, uh, kegerators are basically trying to get me to do what you have going on there. So, yeah. Um, well, we're here to help. We're yeah. here to help. Yeah. So thanks for that. Now, now my wife's going to be hating me on that one. A lot of inspiration there. Yeah. So um, you're a you're a new dad, right? How how old is is uh, you have a daughter or son? I am Penelope, and she is a year tomorrow. So tomorrow is her birthday. Hey, congratulations, um, making it a year. I, <laughs> I thank you. Thank you. Uh, we'll see if I make it a year as I have a golf tournament scheduled tomorrow that, um, is, is causing some concern, but, uh, oh. but yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, so it should be, no, it should be a fun day. Uh, obviously with COVID we're, we're just going to keep it low key, but, uh, but we, you know, Penelope one year old. Yeah. So would you consider yourself, I mean, you got a cool, cool, you know, simulator business going and, uh, you know, five irons. Awesome. Would you su- consider yourself a cool dad as well oh god i don't know if i'm cool but i i guess pivoting a little bit and and maybe i'll take this liberty one of the reasons i was so excited to be on your podcast is is my dad and sort of he was a a bit of an entrepreneur himself and and just always got so excited about the things that i was excited about so i started playing poker and he started playing poker even though he's awful you know, when I picked up golf, now he's out there, out there trying to hack with me, and uh, he's he's not great at that. When it was soccer, he was into the soccer, and I think, you know, I'm I'm just very excited for for the things that Penelope gets into, and sort of to to be excited about whether it's you know dance or golf, or obviously I have have secret plans to sort of lock her in the, in the simulator until she, she's a pro (laughs) golfer. But, you know, I, I, uh, I'm just excited for that, that part of fatherhood where, you know, you get excited about the things that, you know, your kids are into. Cool. So you made it a year. What's, what's your favorite part so far, um, about, about being a dad? (laughs) So this is a good stage for the future dads out there. The, only words that she can really say is dada and she can't quite walk yet so you know she just dad 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 all day and um i certainly love that my wife would probably prefer a few a few different words but um so i i think that's this is a great stage and you know the personality starts really coming out and you feel like you're connecting a little bit more than you know those first certainly like seven eight months 
Nice. So you uh, you say that she's about a year. I mean, is she walking at this point? Um, do you have her holding clubs? Are you are you are you pushing that issue yet? <laughs> so we play catch, but that's mostly me just throwing things at her that hit her. So I I'm not sure there. I've tried to figure out. Uh, I'm I'm left handed. I golf right handed. Play tennis left handed. I'm trying to figure out whether she's left or right handed. I'm I'm sure you guys uh, went through that stage. I, uh-huh. I'm still not sure. Um, and I certainly, you know, walking upstairs, working on some core exercises type stuff for, for the future athlete <laughs> side of things. But that's, that's training. basically where we were at. No, no real walking. I don't know if that's cause she's just, uh, more interested in sitting down, but, um, not quite yet. Although it feels, feels very, very close, um, with how comfortable she is standing and whatnot. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going through that with, you know, figuring out the right handed versus left handed. Um, I have one son that is right handed. Um, he's just gravitated that way, picked up right handed clubs, swings a bat right handed. And then another son that, um, is the opposite. He just started doing left. Like I tried to get him to do right cause I'm a right handed golfer. So I try to teach him the right handed golf swing and he just automatically turns the other way. <laughs> so I think, she, I think she'll tell you, I think she'll tell you. How old when uh, when the first golf clubs were were in their hands? Uh, I've put uh, probably my oldest son is a little bit later, so like you know three years old. Um, but obviously the younger the younger son just does everything the older one does. So um, that was like, gosh, one and a half. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about the same way, and I, we did an episode on this earlier. But like the um, U.S. kids golf has, and the littlest golfers have a good molded set. So I had my kids at like one and a half, two as well, just kind of holding the club, and it kind of molds their grip into kind of a, a neutral, normal grip, and it's pretty nice actually. So every time they, my kids are seven and nine now, both girls, and uh, every time they grab a club now, it's it's pretty well aligned just because of that. I think that was huge. Oh, I, I love that. The If they're going to go running around destroying the house anyway, they might as well do it with the golf club with the right grip, right? <laughs> right, right. So. right. Get them started. That's yeah. where it starts, right? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Always a teaching lesson in there somewhere. Yeah. Cool. So, you have another cool story um, that we were uh, – or you were talking to um, Jared about earlier, which is you, you got to fly down to Bermuda and um, be a caddy on an actual tour event. I did. I did. So it started as a bit of a joke. So Zach Suker, who's a tour player, great guy, um, brand ambassador for five iron and just, just all around someone that you, you want to root for father himself. So he's like, Hey, you know, let's go to Bermuda also sponsors our, our leagues. So the Bermuda tourism and Gosling's ROM sponsor our leagues nationally. The winner of our leagues actually gets an all expenses paid trip to Bermuda and they had to play mid-ocean, Toro Gosling's Rum. So between the relationship with Gosling's Rum and Bermuda and Zach playing in the tournament, we go down there. Uh, I obviously made some Joe Caddy videos on my Instagram that uh, people seem to enjoy. <laughs> the plan was never for me to actually caddy, but due to some, some issues with COVID and his caddy, I ended up caddying Tuesday and Wednesday, which is just sort of like practice rounds, you know, nothing too serious, carry around the bag, but just a absolutely cool experience just in and of itself. Thursday, he he goes out and, and shoots three under in the, the round. And then Friday, uh, and this is with his normal caddy who's, who's back and, and, you know, I'm, I'm out there drinking dark, dark and stormies, watching the <laughs> good, 16th hole. Good for you. And, uh, and then Friday, Zach calls me, this is 10 minutes before his tea time, uh, of a PGA, 
event, he calls me and I'm like, oh, this is not good. Like you just don't, just did not, this is nothing good could come from this call. He's like, hey, I need you on the first tee. You're caddying today. And I'm like, cool, cool. Like I, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm wholly unqualified to be caddying for, for any of you, let alone for a PJ tournament. So I get up to the first tee, get the bag, get like the bib, I'm ready to go. I'm like handed my friend in Bermuda, my phone and wallet. Cause I'm like, I probably don't want my phone going off while I'm caddying. Um, but then last minute his, his caddy sprints out of the bathroom and, um, yeah. you know, swaps things and, and they, and they go around, go, go out there and he caddies. And that being said, uh, his caddy had some hives and some issues and everything. So I was right there and at many points during that round, it felt like we were going to swap and I was going to get my, my, uh, first PJ tour official caddying experience, but just awesome awesome experience i mean nobody's really out there because of covid and to, to walk uh-huh. around and play you know be with those guys was just was just a phenomenal experience that's awesome I, I gotta ask another question about that so for the practice round do those pros do they play like an actual their ball all the way through or are they just kind of dropping a lot of shots in one spot you know around the greens and and just kind of truly just practicing what, what's the what's the usual there so there's a bit of both where they're putting, you know, they're putting to where they think the pin locations are going to be. But at least for Zach, he was he was playing. And, you know, one thing that I thought and there were some other pros that were out there just playing around with the the cool thing about Zach was he he's just so nice. Like he he got me engaged. And I think that's partially for him and, and partially just to, to be a good person. But like we played putting games like out there, like he had me putting at, at certain holes and, you know, doing some fun stuff. So it wasn't as if it was just sort of this like intense, really serious um, thing. The the other cool thing that I, I don't think people know, I certainly didn't know is so the the Tuesday practice round was, you know, normal, I guess, in the sense that you're hitting full clubs and it's like a round of golf that all of us would play. But the Wednesday, because there was a pro-am, the, there's, we just go out and like chip and putt essentially. So they, you're not really supposed to hit it on the fairway or tee shots or anything like that, but we still walk the entire course putted chipped like worked on lines and and it was i don't think that's unique to zach i think that's something that a lot of the guys will will do which i just thought was really interesting that they would you know literally walk around the course um no no bunker shots even i think really just chipping and putting but the fact that they you know these guys cared so much and they you know it's so important to them that they're going to spend the time for you know, three, four hours just to literally walk the course and, and putt on the greens and, and try to get a feel for it, even though they're not hitting full shots. So I thought that was an interesting aspect that I didn't really know people did. So, so, uh, when he, when he, when his other caddy finally came up, did you finally get back to your black and stormies and follow the round or were you just so, so anxious you needed a black? No, I was, I was so stressed. I was, <laughs> so at that point, I mean, I had, I had the like badge that could basically get me under the ropes and, and walk around with the group and, and all of that stuff, which was awesome. But the, you know, you can't, you can't have more drinks knowing that you might be caddying. That's just irresponsible. Right. So I, I, um, I just anxiously awaited for when it was my turn and, and tried to uh, tried to keep 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 calm and, and you know root for Zach to do well and um, you know it, in the end it wasn't wasn't the best round um, but at least it wasn't you know my fault because I was on the back so I am uh, I'm blameless in that situation for for the Friday round in Bermuda but um, 
But no, I, I went from thinking that I was going to have a casual day of drinking to, to, uh, to not, um, to not and being very, very, very much engaged in the yes. round because I, I didn't know when, when I was going to get called. Laser focus. Yeah. So, uh, when you got back from, uh, back to New York, um, how was Penelope excited to see you? Um, I don't know. I mean, I like to think that she's excited, but I, uh, I, you know, she, she smiles. I, I always try to make a big entrance so that she, she knows, she knows I'm coming back, but, uh, I'd like to think she was excited, but, uh, as you guys know, she's not exactly completing full sentences these days. Yeah. Do you ever take her into work with you and set up, set up like a pack and play in the bay next door to, to where you're hitting or doing your meetings? So not with COVID, honestly, most of my work these days is from my home office or we have sort of like a WeWork central type thing. I mean, I would love her to bartend with me. I would certainly, we would sell, sell more drinks if she were, she were there uh, in five iron. And I don't know how anyone could, could turn down a membership if I'm carrying around Penelope in, in her five iron swag that she, she rocks. But, uh, but uh, not yet. She has not yet really been to a five iron, but I, I can't wait for this COVID thing to be over and, and for everyone at five iron to meet her and, and, you know, yeah, her to keep hitting on the simulators. I, I think once this COVID thing settles down, you might have to get some pack in place for your uh, bag room just so you can have some dads come out there. I mean, they're going to be needing to release and have a nap time in a, in a hitting bay. Sounds pretty nice. Yeah, we, we've, you know, we've talked about some type of daycare. It's funny. This is, I hope I'm not blowing up any dad spots here, but the, you know, we're full at 6am with people practicing golf. And I'm sure that many of these men are telling their significant others or, or women telling their, you know, their husbands that they are going to the gym and they are at five iron uh, hitting balls at 630 in the morning. Um, and, you know, their wives are at home wondering why they're, you know, they don't have a six pack yet. I think it's it's because they're hitting golf balls instead of, yeah. instead of at the gym. So, but we've thought about it. I mean, I, I, uh, I, you know, we're, we're, you know, a big, you know, pro family and, and want, you know, think that's a big part, important part of our culture and, and how we grow and having some type of, uh, of daycare one day in some of our locations, I think is, is an awesome idea. So Jared, is there anything that you currently are doing where you catch yourself and you say, oh my gosh, I am becoming my dad. Um, I think it happens when I tell jokes, probably some of the jokes on this podcast that I think are just hilarious that my wife will listen to and be like, that just wasn't funny at all, Jared. And I, I, I think it is. So I guess that's maybe the the area where you start feeling like you're becoming your dad because i certainly don't think any of my dad's jokes are funny and they make me horribly uncomfortable uh, all the time so if if i'm having that impact on uh on my wife i feel like i'm i'm halfway there to becoming my my dad in the dad jokes department at least do you do you um i guess when you're when COVID's not around and you were playing, were you playing more on the course would you say or in the simulator in the simulators at one of your facilities yeah, you know, I mostly on the course, I, I struggle to take up time for, you know, if, if I if I play on The Sims, then I feel like everyone on the whole team is going to start playing on The Sims. So I really try to to not do that. So most of my playing is at Sleepy Hollow, which is just a club up here in Westchester that I join. And 
Um, it, it, it's honestly mostly outdoors at this point. I am putting a sim in my home, uh, which is going to be awesome. Oh, nice. But uh, until that's built, uh, mostly mostly outdoor golf. And, and you're using full swing simulators, is that right? So we use a mix of TrackMan and Full Swing. They're both uh, great products. I mean, you know, so is so is Foresight and uh, as well. I think that they cater to. I don't want to even say different people, but different ways that you can use them. And one one thing that we have always wanted to be is is a. I don't want to say brand agnostic. We want to be a high tech facility. So we have TrackMan, Full Swing, gears for for teaching. We have floor plates in all of our sims. We have. Uh, camera technology so you can see your swing from different angles so really it's a it, it, instead of being sort of a full swing location or this technology location we mm-hmm. really try to be just a high-tech golf location that has a you know whatever you know is the newest and greatest uh, technology for whatever you're trying to do and it's it's just not the same whether you know hosting an event is very different than a club fitting and you can't really have one piece of technology for both of those awesome you're pretty late to golf so what's your handicap now? Yeah, so I started as a 27, I guess, three years ago, uh, and I'm down to an eight these days. You fit so, in perfectly and- to this scenario. This is a perfect, <laughs> you're a perfect podcast guest for us. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I I will say, like, I think that, um, not, not to brag about the simulators or, or bring it back there, but I'm the perfect example of someone that, you know, started on simulators, took my first lesson on a golf simulator, and now I'm a consumer of the golf industry, right? I, I have to buy clubs. I have to join a country club. I have to, um, you know, be, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a golf consumer. I'm, I'm now on a golf podcast. And I think that's one of the cool things about what Five Iron's doing is, you know, creating golfers out of, out of thin air that, that, you know, we, you know, eventually play outside and, and are a big part of, of that whole economy. Yeah. So I've heard you talk about that before where you can come into five iron and you can either play for an hour or you could play for four hours. You could do something very casual. Obviously there's no dress code or you could get lessons, get a little bit more serious with your game. Uh, I think it really appeals to all levels of golfers. It's a great business model you guys have done, and you're expanding. You're coming out our way towards Vegas. When do you expect Vegas to open? Yeah, I expect Vegas to open, uh, I don't know, let's call it January 1st uh, as a goal to open up. It should be a, a really interesting, unique location. I'm very bullish on you know the las vegas locals and the leagues and some of the lessons and club fittings and hopefully you know the event business picks back up there and we can have the bachelor parties and the corporate events and whatnot but it should be a really cool location as part of this awesome really artistic project that's that's out there with uh like experiential museums and you know they actually told us that yeah, we need you guys even more wild with your, with your creativity and artwork and, and whatnot. And that's, you know, we're a place that I like to think we're, we push the boundaries all the time with sort of the, the design elements of what we do. So the place should be wild and we're excited about that Vegas location. With five iron, when you guys were making that business and starting off, was there ever that moment that you stepped back and really said to yourself, wow, we made it. Uh, whether that was a, a big name that came through, that moment where you pinched yourself and said, this is it, we're on to something. No, I operate with constant anxiety and fear and worry <laughs> and concern. Um, I, may, maybe that moment will come, but that's really, 
not not our style it's it's like what can we do today to improve the product what can we do to you know make the best decision we can with the next thing that we have in front of us um you know i i i think the the cool things that hit you are just like the number of people that are involved in the you know, one of the cool things for, for us, and this is might sound silly, but it's just like being able to offer health insurance to our employees. I'm not saying it's the best health insurance plan. I wish we could, could contribute more, but like to have have something like that, I think was a, was a cool moment for, for us when we got to do that. Certainly one of the most bizarre things is when I'll be somewhere with a five iron hat and someone will be like, oh man, I, I love that place. Have you been there? And I'm just perpetually blown away that anyone has ever heard of us or, you know, let alone has, has great things to say. So small moments of, of thinking like, Oh, that's pretty cool. But in terms of, you know, we've made it, I, I, I just operate with constant anxiety and I don't know if I'll, I'll ever get to that point. Yeah. And I, I guess furthermore on the fire five iron question about lessons, I, uh, I'm, I'm big into, you know, kids lessons. And I was wondering if you guys have a, a good kids program or kids following, um, in some of your facilities. Yeah, we do. We have, um, you know, I mean, we, we had a kids program pre COVID we'll, we'll launch that post COVID. We do more golf lessons than, you know, anyone in, in New York, certainly. And certainly the other cities have huge lesson followings as well. And, it's, it's a, we have a ton of great pros, um, uh, from junior lessons to, you know, the $350 lesson with, uh, you know, the guy who's a top hundred, uh, pro in the, in the country and on some list or whatever. So, uh, certainly as part of growing the game and, and be having golf for everyone, we think kids are a huge, huge part of that. And, introducing them to golf at a young age at an affordable price point with like really quality instruction, I think is is important. One of the things that I'm a believer in is that five iron is a great place to introduce golf. Cause the truth is, you know, to keep a kid entertained for an hour is, is pretty tricky. But when you have ping pong there, or even when you have, you know, golden tea, like I think teaching kids about bunkers and fairways and what an iron is on golden tea is a great idea. And the truth is plenty of them would, you know, we're talking younger kids would, you know, love that stuff. So you sort of, I think with the simulator and the, you know, the games and all that stuff, they can fall in love with golf without it sort of being, you know, rammed down their, you know, their throats in terms of like, you have to play golf, you have to play golf. And it's sort of this lower pressure experience where they just end up really enjoying the hour and, and, you know, are, are learning golf without even knowing they're doing it. So yes, I guess the short answer is kids programs are extremely important to what we do. And when this COVID stuff is over, we're certainly going to, to keep growing those bigger and better. Yeah. I could see a father's day, you know, father's 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 son outing out to one of your facilities. If COVID kind of settles down, that'd be, that'd be an awesome. Yeah, trip. we, we do, we do father's day specials on father's day. Um, you know, even going back to the kids program, it, it doesn't hurt that the, the, the parents can come watch and, you know, have a, have a beverage at the bar and, yeah, you know, perfect. watch their kids, kids playing. So, uh, or hit balls themselves. We have plenty of that where the, you know, the parents drop their, their kids off for the junior program or a junior lesson and, and they go hit in a bay. Um, and, and, uh, everyone wins there. Yeah, of course. Looking at you now as dad, is there anything as you reflect back where you will be different from your dad? Oh my gosh. Different. That that's interesting. I, 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 I don't know. I, I liked a lot about, you know, my dad was the, the dad that 
came to every soccer practice and made me uncomfortable because I'm like, dad, there are no other parents that come watch soccer practice. And then when I played tennis, he'd be at all my tennis matches. And back then I used to hate it. And um, it made me sort of like uncomfortable. And, you know, you have your, you're the one kid with your crazy dad there. And then now as I, you know, be, become a dad, I just, I'm, I just know I'm going to want to be that dad where I'm, where I'm at every, you know, what, like I said, dance lesson, golf lesson practice or whatever and be really involved um so i don't know i i think more about similarities in terms of you know being a dad and trying to to live up to that and and my dad was successful in his own right while also and an entrepreneur in his own right while also just being really involved and being there and frankly i've i've thought about that for, forever like that to to balance that you know caring about business and caring about your career while also really being involved with your, your kids, I think is, it is really admirable and something that I've always just wanted to do and sort of wanted to live up to. So I think about it in that context, you know, all the time. Okay, Jared, you've spent a lot of time in the facility working on your golf game. Is there one tip you've learned from your progress or your lessons you've taken that can help average dads with their golf game? Oh man, I would say people, you know, all the data and everything is great. I think that if you're lucky enough to have a track man or you're lucky enough to have any type of, you know, full swing or anything with the, the metrics on them, like try to play around with the numbers, right? Like, you know, if your face is open, like try to hit a bunch of balls where your face is closed. If you're, you know, if your swing path is inside out, like just try to be outside in. And, and I think that that is one of the things about golf that people just seem to get like stuck in certain swings and the same problems. And, you know, even going back to my tennis days, like try to exaggerate things. And that that's at least really helped helped me where it's like let's try to hit a big slice here let's try to hit a big hook let's try to hit it low let's try to hit it higher let's try to just like manipulate the numbers on the you know on the screen to and like see what happens and like what it takes for your body to do that so just you know treating it like a like a lab or or like a a playground as opposed to sort of like all right i'm gonna go in i'm gonna hit a bunch of balls and I need to work on like this specific thing. And sometimes I think it's just worth playing around with different ball flights and different, uh, you know, spins and things like that. And just, you, you learn a lot from doing that, or at least I've learned a lot from doing that. I think it's something that people, you know, don't, don't do enough. Jared, we really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing the story of you and the story of five iron. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, you got some great tips some great insights into all the progress you guys have made where can our listeners find you guys on social media? Yeah, at Five Iron Golf on Instagram, uh, Twitter. Go follow us, please. That would be awesome. Uh, we're doing a ton of giveaways right now. We just hit ten thousand followers. So if you want to win a, you know, uh, I don't know to announce this, but I'll announce it to you guys. If you want to win a round, you know, all expenses paid with uh, with Zach at Shoal Creek in, in Alabama. That's that's one of the prizes. We have huge gift cards, like year long membership type deals. So so go follow us. There's a bunch of cool stuff there and um and yeah if uh hopefully we'll we'll see everyone in five iron soon you've just listened for free now here's the deal go to our website at birdiedads.com and join us you will get our golf starters guide and our golf coloring book for kids free right now by signing up it just takes an email thanks for hanging out with us and we'll see you next time